welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Howell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we are just checking in with some of our favorite celebrity moments of 2020. We are also going to recap the year in social media. And I know you guys are excited. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do the 2020 Cringe Mode Oscars. We'll I see how wait. that goes. <laughs> Could be better in theory than in practice, but we'll find out. Correct. Can't wait. <laughs> Guys, follow us on Twitter. We're at tea time underscore 33. And then on Instagram, we're at tea time pod. And if you want, follow our individual social media accounts. We have at Kaya underscore McMullen on Twitter, at Amelia D-E-E-W on Twitter and Instagram, at Kate Hallowell. And then you can follow at Lizzie Kelly on Twitter if you'd like. <laughs> um, not a lot going on there, though. All right. Before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right. First category. Tea Time is checking in with our favorite celebrity moments of 2020. A lot of dry periods throughout the year. Uh, A lot of episodes came together at the last minute. But when we all like came together and started writing some of this stuff down, there was you know, a good amount to talk about. So Kate, what do you have for your favorite celeb moments of 2020? I think something that illustrates how different this year was in the world of celebrity is that, you know, in years past, we've had like all these red carpet moments that have been our favorites of 2020, these actual events. And this year, the first thing on our list is celebrities walking. Uh, (laughs) So honestly, there was a period the spring and summer where like literally there was nothing happening because we were all in quarantine. Obviously, the world shut down. And we were like, what is happening with celebrities? And the only thing that celebrities were doing was walking outside, (laughs) which was true for the rest of us as well. So that was great. But there were just two, I think, couples that really brought it home in terms of walking content this year. The first uh, Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello, who kind of bailed on walking after a while. It was kind of like a brief quarantine trend for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't stick to it quite as much as our next couple, which is Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas. And genuinely, I, I don't think Ana de Armas ever would have seen this coming, but like she is a significantly bigger celebrity because of those walks that she took with Ben Affleck. Yeah, again, uh, it worked. Whatever it, her team conjured up, it worked. Yes, totally worked. Their staged walks were just so special to us this year. We got mm-hmm. the saga of the Ana de Armas stand account sort of mm-hmm. tangentially. We got mm-hmm. the picture of Ben Affleck with his mask over his nose while he was smoking a cigarette. <laughs> we got the whole thing with their kids, with the cutout. Right. It was just... You know, it gave us what we needed in those like that really dry period of the Mm -hmm. spring. And yeah, it was great. I'm thankful for it. (laughs) Amelia, what do you have? Um, You know, just kind of given that he was recently in the news with his tirade, his COVID tirade, which, you know, what I agree with. I personally am not a huge fan of screaming at people you work with, but I understand why he was so angry. Um, I'm talking about Tom Cruise and... (laughs) You know, uh, praise Zenu. He had um, 
I guess, well, it wasn't him specifically talking about how he manifested a zit within a day. Uh, It was Tandy Newton in a really great Vulture interview this July. And (laughs) there's a, a really amazing quote. And she's quoted as saying, I remember at the beginning of the night seeing the slight red mark on his nose. And by the end of the night, I kid you not, this is how his metabolism is so fierce. He had a big whitehead where that red (laughs) dot was. It would take anyone else 48 hours to manifest a zit. And it was like the zit was me just getting bigger and bigger. And, (laughs) you know, just I feel like it explains so much about Tom Cruise, yet it leaves him as this enigma that he (laughs) is. So true. You know, so and true. It, it's just it is amazing that he manifested the zit within hours, <laughs> literal hours. And again, I just I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what gods he's praying to yeah. in Tom Scientology, but or the manifestation. Yeah. Let us know. Get us um, a book. Just yeah. anything. I want to know everything about you and yet on nothing the, about you. On that note, I don't have this in the outline, but the Robert Pattinson pasta pillow uh, uh, profile from this year was also oh, yeah. a really special window into another enigma uh, of sure. celebrity. So Definitely. that was great, too. <laughs> Um, I wrote down a couple of just a wide range of topics. First, I know this is not really tea times lame, but you do have to at least address it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm like in the crown space, but January 8th, Meghan Markle, Prince Harry announced their plans to leave their roles as senior members of the royal family. Wow. They moved to the United States with Archie. They, as of like this month, have signed a deal with Spotify. So welcome to the band. Welcome. <laughs> um, they're going to produce podcasts now. So Kaya, you should send them some tips. <laughs> Fucking um, join the club, you guys. <laughs> Call yeah. us, we'll give you some tips. Yeah, you can't kind of like talk about 2020. That was like definitely one of the biggest, most substantial um, historic celeb moments of the year. Definitely. And then a completely changing lanes. I want to go back to my mentality in early, early, early March <laughs> before everything shut down when we were watching the finale of The Bachelor and Barb, Pilot Pete's mom, wow. made waves. Barb. And I've like actually never hated a, not celebrity, <laughs> I don't know what to call her, kind of a semi-public figure. So much so that it drove me to tweet that one time. <laughs> Amazing. Didn't realize it would be my last one. But um, yeah, just a completely different headspace when I like truly gave a shit about things like that. And that wow. did take up a lot of my mental capacity. <laughs> um, also, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt's like reunions throughout 2020 was really nice. Started at the SAG Awards in January. Everyone was like analyzing their their body language, the hand holding. It was like this great kind of like paparazzi backstage moment. Everyone was talking about their smiles, their hands, blah, 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 blah. Then they reunited at that table read, the Fast Times at Ridgemont High on Zoom. Anyway, it feels like they were just kind of like a nice constant to think about. Just more like Definitely. comfort food than anything. They're just like you know, one of <laughs> also, those kind of celebs. they need to drop the routines because- <laughs> Damn, they both look amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. And then, I mean, I can't believe we never really did this in a in a big way, but all of the pregnancy announcements <laughs> that happened this year, God bless Glamour Magazine because they counted all wow. of them. Apparently there were 72 um, like celebrity women who got <laughs> pregnant. I thought you were going to say 17. No, 72. I went through the entire slideshow um, and they're right. It was, I mean, just about everybody when you think about it. I highlighted Gigi Hadid just because it's so fun to think about. I don't know why that was like someone and Sophie Turner were like my two favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, No shade to Brie Bella. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My number one. Yeah. Yeah. Carly Claus, Kelly Rowland, Rooney Mara, Katy Perry, Ciara, Grimes, Mm. like everyone you think of basically is pregnant. So we're going to have a lot of babies next year. So it's like kind of fun, nice throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, this is my final thing, is there was blessedly a lot of Miley Cyrus news this year. Mm. She came out with new music. She had an entire like pandemic mental health focus digital show called Bright Minded. This week, she's going to be on the NFL Network all week as their (laughs) takeover artist. So like, if she's on the NFL Network, she's like spanned everybody now. So amazing! I'm grateful for her kind of being in the news this year. Stream Midnight Sky. (laughs) Yeah. Plastic Hearts has been great. And on that note, on the note of Plastic Hearts being great, 
you know, the ringer puts out a lot of end of year lists and they're mm. usually up to like one or two people, you know, who are great. They do a great job. This is not like a direct attack, uh, but the ringers end of year albums list had nine men on it, which is fine out of 10. Um, very much like for a dollar, name a woman, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, but the one woman that they chose was Rina Sawayama, who is great. And I love who released a great pop album this year, but they also said mm. it's been a rough year for pop. And I wow. said, you know, the meme where it's like, and I took that personally, I did take that personally. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to rattle off the pop albums that I have Please. listened to that I have thought were great this year that I just think deserve a shout out because maybe not the 10 best albums of the year, but great. I'm just literally going to rattle these off. So apologies for this. Halsey, Manic, great album. Niall Horan, Heartbreak Weather. Mm. Don't know if you guys listened to that one, but it was great. I love uh, Niall Horan. Yeah. Slow hands. Great album. <laughs> Small hands, great album. whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, Five Seconds of Summer, who released a great album against Ooh. the odds called Calm. Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Rina Sawayama, which was on the list. Uh, Haley Williams from Paramore. Charlie XCX. Troy mm. Sivan. Lady mm. Gaga, Chromatica, obviously. Oh, Miley and Noah Cyrus both mm-hmm. released albums mm-hmm. I know you guys like. Mm-hmm. Um, Chloe and Hallie, Ungodly Hour. Mm. They had a great 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Amelia loved the Katy Perry album. <laughs> and- okay, you know what? Yeah, stream, <laughs> smile. If smile. you want to smile, stream, smile. Okay, thank you. Right, I agree. And then obviously Ariana Grande and Little Mix, who oh, right. basically in 2020... Uh, had their last full year as a complete mm-hmm. group. But just great pop stuff this year. Mm-hmm. I extremely disagree that pop had a great year, especially from women. Uh, yeah, that's there was absolutely a lot of great rude. Stuff um, a lot but, of great stuff that I want to dance to in a bar and I cannot yes, wait. I hope yes. that I don't get sick yes. of like Dua Lipa's album by the time that I'm in somewhere crowded and like sweating on people. Yeah. So yeah. what would you consider Taylor Swift's folklore and evermore to be? What genre? Not pop. Okay. I would say like... Not to be like folklore is folk, but <laughs> some sort of mix yeah. between like, you know, kind of easy listening, like folk country. Sure. Um, obviously, that was one of my favorite albums as well of 2020. Mm-hmm. But yes. You know. Yeah. Anyway, just great stuff this year, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, definitely. All right. Next one. I'm going to say the rise of Red Table Talk. Um, yes. They had some really I one. I think it's absolutely amazing that this is a Facebook watch show. I'm just like. Smith family dream bigger. You can take this to like actual primetime TV and people would it would be a tuning in experience. People would be like, yes, setting my clock to this time to watch like it would be 60 minutes. I I truly believe that there is like I was thinking about this and there's been like at least two events and I'm probably blanking on many more. I just feel like this year just went and it was just like, but their whole drama with August Alsina was huge. Mm -hmm. I think the recent Olivia Jade experiment also was huge. And I think both of those things were honestly part of this monoculture that doesn't really exist anymore. But Reb Table Talk has really brought some of these celebrity interviews into an aspect that everyone is talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And that is such a hard thing to do nowadays because I feel like there are so many things that I'll see like months later being like, oh my God, that's a huge, that's a huge like piece of information or that's a big interview that I never even heard of. And I'd like to think that I'm somewhat good with keeping, you know, up with pop culture, but yeah, I don't know what it is about this show. I mean, other than they're all very likable people, they're all really intelligent people and they have a great rapport with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think get off of Facebook watch. You guys deserve more than freaking Mark Zuckerberg. You know, <laughs> I agree. Something's up with Facebook watch because I was just this morning watching. There's this new show with Taraji P. Henson. It's called Peace of Mind. And she interviewed Gabrielle Union. And it's also really great. It's talking a lot about mental health. It's talking about like, I mean, they specifically talked about PTSD and family relations and all that stuff. Anyway, that's also Facebook watch. And I don't know how they cornered like these amazing women and got them, but it might be the only thing that gets me still on facebook.com. Wild. It's a miracle. They should both maybe go elsewhere, but they- Good, really, I know Mark Zuckerberg is like doing mind game tricks. He's like, me <laughs> look into yeah, my eyes and my sunscreen face. Um, and I just want to say that can you believe that the Jordan Woods saga, which I think really put them on the map? I mean, obviously they were doing interviews before, but that really became a part of monoculture. I think um, completely was 
almost two years ago. Yeah. March 2019. They're really comforting, but difficult, like, but hard hitting interviewers. Totally. Which is great. Just great for an interview. It's like very captivating to watch. I don't know. It just works really, really well. I completely agree with you. This is a great highlight for the year. Thank you. What else? Oh, okay. Also, just want to shout out the celebrities who thought it was, you know, a great idea, specifically Gal Gadot, to put together a video of a bunch of other celebrities or, I mean, by proxy celebrity. I mean, some of them were like, <laughs> oh, this is like, we're talking D-list. But uh, doing an Imagine video, which was done in March. I can't believe it's been since the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was Galga. And I rewatched the video on her Instagram. And it's just, you know, she's she seems like a lovely person, but this was just not well thought out. She didn't run it by anyone. Well, actually, she did run it by people. And since <laughs> yeah. they're all celebrities, they were like, oh, yeah, this people do want us singing to them, <laughs> singing Imagine. But she talked about how she was inspired watching a video of an Italian guy playing a trumpet. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, it, I just love how each celebrity is like on for less than five seconds, but they all want to put like their vocals on display. And they're like, imagine how the people. Oh. And you're like, oh, Amelia, okay. well done. <laughs> no, thank you. But that's literally, and it's just like, okay. And then you have some celebrities like, I think Natalie Portman and Zoe Kravitz who are just like, fine, we'll, we'll do it. We can't hold a tune, but I'll do it. <laughs> So. You should on your inst- on our Instagram release an end of year <laughs> imagine as <laughs> vocal rendition of that song. Okay. Uh, I totally agree. I said this on a Taylor Swift pod last week, but there was an article I think on Vulture about uh, like the decline of celebrity in 2020 mm. and how th- basically the tweet that went with it was like, "What celebrity can you think of that you like better at the end of the year that you like <laughs> than you liked at the beginning of 2020?" Because they've disintegrated like in the mm-hmm. public eye, and just like so many celebrities have not known what to do or how to be famous in this time, which it is extremely difficult. I'm not saying yeah. like, "Oh, I'm sure. so bad for them," but you know, it's I mean, it's like the Imagine video. It's so easy to just like misstep and have kind of this performative, like totally meaningless activism. And so I wanted to shout out, sort of at the end of our checks in with category, just. A huge shout out to the celebrities that actually had meaningful activism this year, mm-hmm. especially um, this summer over the course of the Black Lives Matter protests and the George Floyd protests. You know, people like John Boyega, who really has stepped up in the past, but really kind of like made his mark and just like refused to back down this year. Mm-hmm. Kiki Palmer, I think, um, did a lot of really meaningful stuff and and sort of used her platform in a really meaningful way. Halsey as well, you know, showed up to all the protests. And, you know, I just think the celebrities who went beyond posting a black square and also have mm-hmm. continued to, you know, speak out and be active past the summer, which, you know, obviously we've seen a huge drop off in what celebrities have been doing right. and talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the celebrities who actually made a difference this year are what we are grateful for in 2020. And hopefully mm-hmm. they will continue in 2021. Completely agree. All right. Next category this year in social media, not week. Again, a lot of slow weeks this year, but the internet <laughs> did provide us actually some some content to say the least. <laughs> what did we realize from this year, Kate? Uh, my biggest realization, uh, which I had in the outline, and then Kaya was listening back to our podcast from last year, and she said something that I apparently said was that I was my favorite meme of the year was the kombucha girl. And apparently on the <laughs> podcast a year ago today, I said uh, it was the only good thing that TikTok has ever given us. And I would wow. like to correct the record because <laughs> this is the year that I realized TikTok is the best social media platform. It just is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I needed it this year when Twitter was depressing and I was just doom scrolling and seeing just really depressing shit all day long. And I was like, where can I go? to just watch cat videos and people being stupid and making jam and doing dances. And that place was TikTok. And if you don't have a TikTok, I highly recommend getting one. Uh, it's not just Charlie D'Amelio dancing. It's mm-hmm. like really whatever you you tell the algorithm to think you want. Yeah, it can be um, grandma core, cottage right. core, beans, <laughs> TikTok. Cores. It can be whatever you want it to be. And uh, just until we get through the this whole period of time, I just feel like, you know, you might as well. I agree. Why not? You know, you're sitting at home. You're on your phone anyway. You know, there's baking TikTok, any kind of TikTok. It's like it reminds me of 
you know that when there, there was a time when you know Facebook pivoted to video, quote unquote, and it was like oh, all right. the cookie decorating videos took over and all the like weirdly satisfying videos that were yeah, all over Facebook. Was like all I yes. watched for like <laughs> yes. months. Yeah. The, the bon appetit, tasty, yeah. whatever recipe videos. That's like TikTok, but in a new platform plus yes. Vine. So I yes. just really recommend it. It's great. I'm glad that I saw the light this year. And I want to give a special shout out to the Twilight Renaissance on TikTok. We're going to get into the, the meme fuel a little bit later during the cringe mode Oscars. But, <laughs> you know, we did Twilight cringe mode this year. And I was sitting in my childhood bedroom reading Twilight. And then I logged <laughs> on to TikTok and saw that a lot of other people were rewatching and rereading Twilight and making just memes and memes and memes about it. Uh, and I didn't feel so alone, you know. You know what? So until you said that, I forgot that we reread that as well. We didn't just rewatch it. Me and yeah. you read all three of those books. That's fascinating. Four. Those were there dark are four times. of them. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, yes, no, but I agree. We were really ahead of the times on the Twilight discussions, and now I feel like one with the kids on TikTok. Yes. Agreed. Uh also a shout out. I have a lot of things in the social media category. Apologies. Uh Dumois, our our gossip queen. Really just like the gossip girl that we needed in these celebrity empty times. Mm -hmm. um, bringing us the dumb celebrity gossip. Obviously, we did a whole segment on her in the past, but she continues to feed us the studio exec and their bad spelling <laughs> and all their tea about inside Hollywood uh, remains entertaining. So I highly mm -hmm. recommend following her. I want to talk about some memes. Usually the ringer does an end of year best memes list. And I, it seems like we're not doing one this year. So I figured we'd pick up the slack <laughs> on Tea Time and talk about some of our favorite memes this year. Uh, and perhaps the meme with the longest legs <laughs> in 2020 managed to stay relevant longer than I ever expected is the Sue Sylvester meme uh, where she says, I'm going to create an environment that is so toxic. And How is this that. possible? How I is love this that. literally possible? <laughs> I think it's so funny. You could use it for so many different occasions. <laughs> <laughs> you can, but literally it's gotten to the point where people are like, I'm going to, and then it just fills in whatever you want. I yeah. know. Like, it'd be like tea time. I'm going to, and then we just add in like check in with so-and-so. It's like, well, that's a meme now. It's it. I think that's the kind of the key to its relevancy is it fits literally anything. Yeah, um, you can co-opt it, it for... It really caught a second wind everything. like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. And I just yeah. don't know why. Uh, but yeah, that was great. The meme that also has has pretty long legs that I like even better than the Sue Sylvester one was the Debbie Ryan Radio Rebel meme. Uh, again, we run into the issue of explaining this on a podcast, but basically Debbie Ryan was in, a, I think it was 2012 movie called Radio Rebel. And she has this scene where she oh, yeah. pushes her hair back and does like this sideways smile. And uh, it just immediately became a meme. TikTok grabbed onto it. Uh, uh, they're like K-pop idols who like in their ending poses on stage have like done the wow. Debbie Ryan meme. Wow. And it has really uh, bridged Bridge borders and good for Debbie Ryan. that. Yeah. Yeah. Good I for know. her. Also, I don't know if you guys actually caught this as it was airing this spring. The Ringer was obsessed, understandably, but the last dance documentary series, a lot of memes came out of Michael yeah. Jordan on his iPad, oh, reading, laughing, his little quotes, whatever it was. I um, referenced one earlier that, and I took that personally, is a yeah. Michael Jordan meme. It's a good one. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? There were a lot of stupid memes because people were so mm. online this year. Yes. Uh, and I was like, we just don't like every little thing turned into a meme. And I was like, we don't have to do this. Like, please log off. One of those things was the cake meme. Uh, <laughs> there was a very special, truly like a 24 hour period on the Internet where everything was cake. And it came from a viral video, which have been around forever of cakes that look like real things. Mm. And people were cutting into like an eggplant and it was cake and a hamburger and it was cake <laughs> and someone's hand and it was cake. And it, for some reason, it just latched on and people were like, everything is cake. And for 24 hours, that was the only joke that the internet had ever heard. And I was like, what are we doing as a society? Uh, and it was just, I think the stupidest meme cycle this year. It wore itself out yeah. so quickly. In I my mind. will say that some of these cake artists are just incredible. I mean, their cakes <laughs> are immaculate talented. and they look so real. So I did. I mean, even though I do agree it was stupid, I would find myself sometimes watching a video and surprise, it's cake. And I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of the I am baby. Oh, my God. That went, and that I still don't fully understand. I think you explained to me, baby. both of you at one point. But yeah. Love oh. I am baby. Um, on the subject of really dumb memes, you know, I got a lot of joy, uh, probably 
I'm talking like a a week or two, two weeks, maybe two weeks of joy from um, which is honestly a long time uh, out of the Gossip Girl meme that was so dumb. It was literally it's like an image. And on the top is an image of Blake Lively with a face that can only be described as her going like, huh? And um, on the bottom, an image from the series, uh, like one of those promotional images of like Blair Waldorf or um, Leighton Meester. And she's just in character, like sitting there without any really an expression other than like kind of a slight smile. And with the Gossip Girl font, you know, with the really long P's. um, And it's like it's like the the Blake Lively has um text I love on we it. Try to explain I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Please bear with job. me. We've tried um, valiantly all year long. I know. <laughs> I know. It's I have to go pee. And then in the gossip girl font, so you know they rearrange it so it's go piss girl. <laughs> Another one, why did the US invade Iraq? Oil girl. Peppa who? Pig girl. I sent him nudes. Girl. And then my plane is leaving. Go, girl. And then this is my, this is such like a, 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 a real, not even galaxy brain, but just one that you have to know several references. How does RuPaul frack? Oil rig, girl. Because it was revealed that RuPaul has a fracking empire. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. What a rich text. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been, you know, enjoyed that meme. But do you okay. guys remember oh. the age that, again, I think it lasted maybe two weeks, but like the Mr. Peanut Super Bowl commercial oh, and they gave him a funeral and then Baby Nut was yep. like, freaking Baby for, Nut <laughs> for a single second. And I didn't hear a single thing about it for the rest of the year. Yeah. That made its way to a lot of like best of lists oh. um, that I was looking up yesterday so wow hmm. well mm-hmm. apparently now he's a teenager and so now they're like teenager nut time flies wow. is that right i'm pretty sure like <laughs> well i checked like a couple months ago because you know i guess i was still curious and it was like i'm a teen now oh my god wait you're so right the i, I just am looking at s but why is planters baby nut now 21 years old it's a driver's license photo of him i'll send oh it to you guys oh my god i hate oh that oh my god that's so weird anyway what else? <laughs> what else happened in social media? In See, we're just like, again, I feel like this entire year is just scraping the bottom of the barrel and just like trying to get yeah. the little scraps out. You know, and once again, we're back in the dumpster, just diving in for something. Um, I would say one thing that's really annoyed me has been the rise of dumb celebrity started, quote unquote, celebrity started memes like the Dolly Parton challenge. Like, OK, I'm sorry, but Dolly Parton didn't think of that. I I swear to God, I've seen it before. And it was not her. I love Dolly Parton. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think she is a musical genius, just the nicest woman. But she didn't create that meme. If anything, it was like one of her social media people. But I I am just hard pressed to believe that she was the one that actually started it. I don't know. You can right. you can debate me on that, but yeah, um, the celebrities really fed off each other's complete lack of humor this year. It was hard kind to of watch. Wild. <laughs> and like, you know, Reese Witherspoon, I think was maybe Agent Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're she, probably yeah. right. I think she and, like Jennifer Jennifer Garner also really <laughs> got into Garner. those. It's the same those energy. I feel yeah. like you yeah, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion were like literally the only good things uh, about like Instagram and or Twitter this year. I feel yeah. like Cardi mm-hmm. B, we've been talking about her all year and just like she's been ruthless in the best way um, <laughs> and is like some of the only like pure entertainment on Twitter, I feel like. Yeah. I also want to talk about the rise of the fan cam this year. Uh, uh, it's been a thing like in K-pop and fandom cultures for a long yeah. time. But people kind of combined like the fan cam with the edit, like the fan edit this year. And it just kind of like, you know, you had fan cams for, you know, Amelia's going to mention the the CNN guys. <laughs> uh, and it peaked when Georgia went blue for Biden and people made a Georgia fan cam, really a Georgia edit <laughs> where they edited together like the state turning color. And then it was like peaches, people picking peaches, people driving the streets of Georgia. And it was a Georgia <laughs> fan cam. So, yeah, the, I think the genre has really... uh really broken out this year and I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that I really enjoyed that for like a good however long the election lasted. Um, <laughs> I love to see the rise of political reporters. Honestly, they work very hard. They get a little sleep when the election um, comes to town. And uh, I just want to shout out Chris Cuomo, 
you know, people, they were like, Daddy Chris Cuomo. And people oh, were like, uh, he has like daughters who are 17. This is weird. Um, But he, you know, became Twitter famous. Uh, I was already famous, but uh, Steve Kornacki with mm-hmm. his khakis. Um mm-hmm. Loved him. I want to uh, give a special shout out to John King. My and man. John King. Yes. Very invested in that man. <laughs> I loved, um, there was actually a really great John King moment where someone had put like, just, it was a fan cam of John King. They're like, fuck it. John King fan cam. And it was like to a Nicki Minaj song. And it was just really funny. because That's like, the beauty of it is the mismatch of songs. It was the cognitive dissonance between these two mm-hmm. things. And um, someone like tagged him and he replied back, thanks. Oh, God. Wow. Special. I just love that, you know? Yeah. Good for them. Um, okay. Sorry. This is already going off the rails. Um, I just wanted to, you know, wrap things up. Can you believe that this year has been so long that Charlotte Aubrey, the woman, if you don't remember her name, I don't expect you to, but she went viral after singing Shallow from A Star Is Born after being accosted on the London Tube. Do you remember that? I do remember this. Doesn't that feel like years ago? I mean, Mm -hmm. for me, it feels like unbelievable. Yeah. It's like 2018, right? No, this was this February. That doesn't Incredible. seem right at all. The Oscars, like wild. the Parasite Oscars win, yeah. like all of the good things that happen in the first three months of the year seem, or two and a half, <laughs> seem just so, so far away. Agreed. Absolutely wild. I feel like we're, as we like talk about these like quote unquote best moments of the year, I feel like we're just getting progressively more tired. Be like, huh, I, I remember Baby Peanut. That was kind <laughs> oh of my funny God. for an hour. Yeah. Um, no, this is some pure joy coming up next. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reels always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. Cringe mode was a true highlight, <laughs> I think, and now has become a staple of the T10 pod. Shout out to Kate mm-hmm. for the name. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a lot of movies for cringe mode. Um, if it's okay with you guys, I feel like I would kind of like saying all the ones we did. Is that weird? Is that just a waste of time? Off. Go for it. Okay. Go for it. Because you really forget. Okay. <laughs> Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn Part One, Breaking Dawn Part Two. The Glee Pilot, for some <laughs> unknown reason. I don't know what was going on that week. That high was a great musical, pick. <laughs> high School Musical 2, High School Musical 3, Camp Rock, Camp Rock 2. 
I don't really remember that one. The last <laughs> song, A Walk to Remember, Safe Haven, The Lucky One, Bring It On, maybe our only good, legitimately good movie. Rude. Uh, the Cheetah Girls, Magic Mike, Magic Mike XXL. Oh, Book love Club, that one. She's love the man. that one too. Jennifer's Sorry. Body, Twitches, The Craft, The Holiday, National Treasure, uh, The Princess Switch, Switched Again, and then The Prom. <laughs> So I'm curious, actually, you got like, you know, people listening, how many of those you watched with us. And if you did any, just God bless. But yes, a very hefty lineup of movies. Real murderers row. Indeed. I uh, I just thought it would be fun to like, you know, just take a look back, award, award some things to just our cringe mode MVPs throughout the year. <laughs> So yeah, we put together the Cringe Mode Oscars. We're just going to like run through some categories, just discuss our favorites, our least favorites, kind of like the Tea Time Razzies, if we're being honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> not not the best performances per se, but nah. the cringiest, the cringiest mm-hmm. of the cringe. Let's start with cringiest actor. A uh, lot of potential people <laughs> that could have uh, yeah. been nominated here. I, we, I, the way we're going to do this is we each kind of like picked a winner or like picked mm-hmm. a nominee yeah. uh, for each of these categories. So I want to start out by nominating Zach Efron for cringiest actor, not because he's bad, but for sheer amount of cringe mode appearances. The high school musical series was just a really great time. I feel like in, in establishing cringe mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was also <laughs> in the lucky one in our Nicholas Sparks era. So <laughs> Uh, really showed showed us some range, some cringe mode range. Uh, he gave us the musical numbers. He gave us the serious acting, and mm. yeah, he just he really brought it home for us this year. I think. Yeah, Amelia, I, who's your pick? It's hard to follow that up because honestly, thinking about it, yeah, I agree. He probably deserves this win. I'm happy for him, but I also just want to give a special nominee shout out to. Joe Jonas, who I think has tried to put this Camp Rock thing behind him, you know, and (laughs) and God bless him. He's tried. He's tried hard. But also, I think there are parts of him that have tried to embrace it, too, which I appreciate. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't forget that he was once a Disney Channel star. Um, Mm -hmm. But his role as Shane Gray in Camp Rock and Camp Rock 2, I mean, the range, the (laughs) angstiness to pure elation. You know, he was trying something. And the skinny jeans were the skinny jeans and the haircut. Yeah. yeah. The hair, yep. And I just I get just him just being like, I'm so angry. And you know, I just I get it. I understand. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. You know, yeah. So shout out to him. I think this is also a nominee. I think Kate, you're probably right. It's Zach Efron. Uh, but I do want to nominate Robert Pattinson. Uh, for only like specifically these cringe mode awards because I do think he's a good actor. So I kind of want to like separate the rest of his career to the movies we watched him in for this topic. Rewatching the Twilight movies, uh, I think was like a really rude awakening for me because he was like, everything to me as a man. And then I rewatched him in my twenties and his, it's really the, um, the anger that he feels when he's like trying to channel, I think like sexual frustration perhaps with Bella. And it kind of goes through the whole movie and him like kind of grimacing a lot, but that's, (laughs) he's trying to communicate, I think a different emotion. And then him like carrying her like a backpack and like running through the woods. And now he's such a serious actor. I do feel like we should like just think about it him for a hot second because he also leaned all the way into yeah. these movies. He, he sure did. As much as he could, you know? The commitment from these three nominees uh, is yes. to be commended, really. Yes. I think I, the Robert Pattinson segue really, I think, uh, brings us to the cringiest actress. My nominee is Kristen Stewart. Uh, <laughs> partially, again, because she was in all of the Twilight movies, which is five out of 28 of our cringe mode Yikes. <laughs> uh, uh, movies. And I think her cringiness is really highlighted in the Twilight TikTok renaissance. People Mm. have brought up all these little things that she does in these movies that just have no explanation. (laughs) The way she shakes a ketchup bottle and looks at it and shakes it and nothing comes out and she puts it down and picks it back up and puts it down. And a sign, like a a deleted scene where she's talking about making a rain stick out of chinchilla droppings that didn't make it into the movie. I don't know why. Uh, And just the delivery and some of the things that she does in these movies just makes absolutely no sense. And these movies were worse than I remembered. The books were better. The movies were worse. Uh, And again, I I also think Kristen Stewart is a talented actress. But these movies in particular were her her performance was just some of the cringiest I've ever seen. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, I nominated Vanessa Hudgens because Mm -hmm. the High School Musical one came out in 2006. And then we covered The Princess Switch Switched Again, which came out in the Lord's year of 2020. And the fact that she did two cringe, like, I mean, she did a many, many other movies in between, but like the fact mm-hmm. that our two, our cringe mode spanned that period of time and she was at the helm of both of wow. them on either side of the timeline, we should talk about. I feel like if we had for cringe mode, like a Cecil B. DeMille award, she would win it because <laughs> she for like for lifetime, lifetime cringe accomplishment. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God. And I think she will only continue to contribute to the world of cringe mode. <laughs> I agree. For the rest She's of her committed. career. No shame. Right. Yeah. Mean, but, and the yeah. rest of them have really graduated. You know, Zach Efron yes. isn't really cringing it up. Joe yes. Jonas isn't acting anymore. Robert Pattinson, <laughs> Kristen Stewart, like have right. grown beyond it. But right. our girl but Vanessa her. will not never her. leave us. No. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, let's let's look at cringiest musical number. Fourteen out of our twenty-eight movies. Uh, wow, have music, musical numbers in them this year. We really love a musical uh, and do. a bad musical at mm-hmm. tea time, and we all agreed on the cringiest musical number. So we're gonna give it away, and then we're gonna give some honorable mentions. The award for the cringiest musical number goes to the stepping scene from Camp Rock 2, the final jam. Uh, (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, there's a scene where the campers from Camp Rock enter the rival camp and they do it by way of of stepping uh, and doing like stepping. I don't know how to explain it. Not visually. And they're doing like Camp Rock. Camp Rock. Oh, my Uh, God. I recommend Googling it. It really has to be seen to be believed. (laughs) Truly cringy. Truly. 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 I want you to say your honorable mentions because I want to talk about another musical number more. Yeah. There were a lot of potential potential nominees. Uh, The stepping scene was just too bad. But honorable mention goes to Bet On It from High School Musical 2, the (laughs) infamous Zac Efron golf golf course scene. Love that. Uh, The gas station scene from Magic Mike XXL Mm. to I Want It That Way, which is iconic. (laughs) It's not cringy. It's great. But I had to shout it out. Um, And then the the emotional climax of Cheetah Girls wherein the Cheetah Girls gather together to sing (laughs) to Galleria's dog, uh, which is trapped in the sewer of New York City. The entire city has come to a halt. And they're like, the only way that we can save this dog is to sing to it right now in our matching jumpsuits. I'm so so happy you remembered this. This Mm -hmm. is, I actually started laughing out loud when I saw this back on the outline. That should probably win, to be completely honest. It's a close second. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, really special, really special stuff. Yeah. Um, for those longtime cringe mode listeners, this next category is for you. Uh, this is the award for the most fire B plot. <laughs> I tried um, explaining the background of and the story in general to family members the other day, and I actually kind of butchered it, I think, but it's a real deep cut. But if you want to find out, the origin story. It's like, I don't even know what, oh, it's the last song, Cringe Mode. You can go yeah. back to listen so to So basically episode. it was like you were talking about the fire B-plot and I thought you were using fire as an adjective to be like, wow, <laughs> this B-plot was sick. Uh, and that was just an iconic misunderstanding. And so now we are going to award the most fire B-plot. And we mean fire to mean both a great B-plot and also a fire. Uh, so I'm going to give it to... Luckily, we have a lot of options, actually. I don't know why we yeah. watch so many movies with fire in them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had at least five, at least five options. <laughs> um, so the one that I chose was the fire that killed Chris Pratt in Jennifer's <laughs> Uh, just a, a really strong demonic oh, fire uh, of <laughs> unknown origins uh, with some pretty great results. So I just, I just I love how in this outline there's like so many nuances to this, but like the fire that killed Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt isn't even capitalized. Kate's not giving him anything. Yeah, it's the last minute addition. But, but Jennifer's body is capitalized. Not Chris Pratt though. That's yeah. how we do That's it. That's how I here. feel about Chris Pratt. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was a pretty great, a pretty fire B plot. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a really good one. I want to give another one to a leg- that was not the origin story, but another one is in Safe Haven. There's a real oh. fire B plot. Stakes are high. Everyone's really sweaty. And then shortly after, you find out there's a ghost. Like it was kind of it's like at the climax. <laughs> Liz, how um, much of Safe Haven did you watch? Ghost. 
I watched all of it, Kate. Okay, okay, just I'll get to it later. But that okay. is my favorite movie that we watched. Um, but uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, special shout out, Safe Haven. Another great fire scene, fire B yeah. plot. And I then mean, the, the winner can only be the original one. Amelia, right? what's your choice? Exactly. The the last song with the misunderstanding, an iconic misunderstanding. And again, you know, <laughs> just thinking back, Kate, you are right. We have watched a lot of movies with fire in them. Um, <laughs> Why? I don't know if that's just like a device that screenwriters use when there's yeah. no one else. Lazy uh, plotting. Yeah, exactly. I think that might be it. But yeah, yeah. shout out Congrats to the last song. To the, yeah, the, the church fire in the last song. Really good. All right. You know, speaking of our, our last question that I had for Liz, uh, this category is the movie that Liz Kelly seems to have watched the smallest percentage of. I got a lot of texts from Liz Kelly over the past 28 movies being like, what's happening? Or, you know, we'd be watching it and she'd be like, wait, I thought so-and-so died or so-and-so didn't die. So I just wanted to ask Liz uh, about the approximate percentage of these movies that she actually engaged with. You know, Sean Fennessy shaking in his boots. We have Liz Kelly right here. So uh, I nominated Book Club. I thought I remembered that you did not watch Book Club, but um, this apparently is not not the correct answer, no? No, and I also want to preface this by saying it was very stressful for work year for me work wise. So <laughs> I was multitasking through a couple of these movies. I can't lie. I watched yeah, Cheetah yeah. Girls on the treadmill. Didn't get any of this. That, anyway, wasn't the ideal viewing experience. I will say, Book Club. I for I think I I think I forgot a uh, the last scene. I think I shut it off before the movie fully ended. Oh, I love um, that movie. But I think Magic Mike. I watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched the musical numbers. I just couldn't get through the series scenes with like Alex Pettifer and all that stuff. But probably watched more Magic Mike than I did Magic Mike XXL. What? what a shame. Wow. An absolute shame. But I watched them. I watched all of it. I did. I did. I committed. You guys know me. I no, honestly, you could have fooled me with because I you always. Did fool us. Yeah. I, I honestly, you talked like you had seen. These movies I have. All the way this is this is Kate trying to diminish me and my authority. I watched all these movies. I take this job very seriously in cringe, cringe mode. How dare all right, you? Fair enough. Uh, formal apologies from uh, the person in charge of this segment. Okay, best meme fuel. A lot of these movies we chose because they have had these like second lives as memes. So really ripe, really ripe for the picking any of these. I went with Twilight, obviously, Mm. because uh, we just accidentally proceeded like this incredible Twilight renaissance on social media this year. Mm -hmm. I wanted to mention an underrated Twilight meme, which I think is the uh, Forks tourism memes where people would go to Forks (laughs) and go to like different places in Forks and just like say Twilight quotes like as if you could outrun me. And then they like <laughs> flash into the woods and then they flash away like to the diner. Wow. Um, yeah, really special stuff. Really strong commitment uh, from people willing to travel to Forks for content because I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything else happening there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I went with Twilight. That's a good one. I thought, you know what? I will never not find a high school musical trilogy meme like funny, yeah. not funny. Yep. I, I used a Absolutely. lot of double negatives there. Yeah. Um, so I apologize. But uh I just, they're so funny. I, I can't even, like, even the promotional pictures. Like, do you remember the ones from, I think, High School Musical 2? It's like Zac Efron. And again, this is so hard to illustrate um, just <laughs> over Mike. But, like, he has his arms up and he's like, huh? And it's, I don't know. That's just one of my favorites. Because you could use it for so many things. I mean, the, so. the Troy and Gabriella meme, like the T for oh, Troy. No, tea, Gabriella. Yes. That's just yeah, the an all timer. I feel like the in golf that course. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so many good ones. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Camp Rock also had some good memes while we're here. Uh, <laughs> some continuing. She's so good. That's a good oh one. my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> Cringe Mode is truly like the only good thing that <laughs> happened to me this year. <laughs> I agree. Okay. To wrap this category up, we have to choose cringiest picture. Uh, mm. which is best picture, but actually worst picture. Uh, the alternate category for this, or name for this category is uh, objectively the worst movie we watched. Because <laughs> uh, we just had to choose one, you know? I really genuinely tried to pick the worst movie. I know you guys kind of took a different approach, maybe. It came down for me to the holiday 
with Emma Roberts, mm. which is just terrible. Uh, or Breaking Dawn Part 1, which I absolutely <laughs> cannot, still can't believe how bad uh, Bella's pregnancy CGI was. Just, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Atrocious. Um, really bad movie. Those are my two objectively cringiest pictures. Did you have the most fun time talking about either one of those two movies, though? I think Breaking Dawn Part 1 was probably a pretty fun okay. cringe mode. That influenced my decision a lot, I will mm. say. Amelia, All I know right. me and you have the same one. Yes. I'm curious if you have the same reasoning, though. Yeah, I mean, Safe Haven was just, <laughs> wow, what a slog, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I just like Julianne Hough, stick to dancing, maybe, I don't, or, or getting exercised on a bed in yeah. Swiss Alps, or whatever oh, yeah. you're doing. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, I think that one was the most fun for me to talk about <laughs> and the one that we laughed through the most. I genuinely, I don't know why this stands out to me so much, but we did talk about how sweaty everyone was, <laughs> including like the main guy who was like hunting Julianne Hough for like a very long time. Cringe Run in general gave us a lot of gifts and like a lot to talk about, but I think Safe Haven was just like the richest of texts. It really summed it up in <laughs> yes. terms of like celeb, like cringy celebrities, like yes. Julian Huff were like, you know, kind of hooey as they say on who weekly, mm -hmm. uh, but also like a ridiculous plot and a fire B plot. Like what more oh, do you right. want? From yeah. A movie? Covered all the bases of a cringe mode. Yeah, it did. Really yeah. did. Yeah. The ghost. Um, never forget her. The ghost plot twist <laughs> at the end. I mean, honestly, I a perfect movie. Some could say <laughs> a perfect cringy picture. Yeah. Congrats yeah. to, uh, to safe Haven. So guys, are we going to just continue cringe mode for as long as we as we want and just continue picking kind of insane slash shitty movies to watch and I'm cover. gonna say yes yeah. until we yeah. come up with something better yeah I feel or like celebrities start doing things again this pandemic mm -hmm. yeah exactly Netflix mm -hmm. will keep releasing stuff I feel like we can there's good stuff ahead so on that note send us what you want us to cover we're gonna be doing this indefinitely so we have <laughs> lots of time to cover your movies I feel like there are a couple obvious ones that we can do in January, very cringy stuff. So if you guys have opinions, you know, DMs are open. Okay, speaking of that, we're going to be off next week for Christmas, but the following week, we're going to be back um, on New Year's Day. We're also going to be covering New Year's Eve for Cringe Mode, so please watch that in advance and enjoy it with us. Um, enjoy, quote-unquote. <laughs> quote-unquote, we'll enjoy. Also, guys, teabaggers, please have a lovely holiday season. We love you so much and are very grateful for you all. And yeah, any parting words, guys, for the teabaggers? You know, love be you safe. Yeah. Make smart choices. Have right. fun. Mm -hmm. We're so Enjoy motherly. Family. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks Agreed. for everything. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really not good at this kind of stuff. <laughs> We're not very good at being sentimental, but thanks, right. guys. And thank you, Kaya McMullen, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Lennon. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.